0: Hello and welcome to episode three of the Cot Ball Watching Podcast. I'm your host Jerry Johnson, and in this episode, I spoke to Darrell, who's perhaps better known on Twitter as Lord Moloch. Darrell's a big Barcelona fan, so I invited him on to dissect what's happened over the last few weeks and what needs to happen with the club moving forward. Here's what he had to say. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Darrell. Um, obviously, the way people on uh, Twitter know you as Lord Moloch. Um, so, we're just going to have a bit of a chat then about the uh, Barcelona, obviously, pretty pearly. Um from not that long ago, we were looking at the possibility of a treble, so I know from talking to you that you've said that uh, you didn't even watch the, the Copa del Rey final, so I'm interested to hear that story, obviously, someone that's as passionate a Barcelona fan as yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, I can... I can definitely go into that for you. Um, Would you like a bit of a starter about sort of the backstory?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to just sort of how it came about, what happened. I I kind of, I'm kind of thinking that maybe, but my just, I I obviously I don't know the story yet. But I'm sort of thinking maybe something along the lines of after what happened at Anfield, it just kind of put a there on it. But obviously, you tell us what you tell us what happened. What what made you decide you didn't want to watch it or whatever? Okay.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll go into a bit of background to sort of contextualize this. Um, In March this year, it basically marked the 21st anniversary of my starting to watch Barcelona. I Mm -hmm. started with the, um, the second Classico of the 1997 to 98 season. So, yeah, 21 years, and in that time, There's been great times, obviously, like some of the best times in the history of the club. There have also been some absolutely shocking times, like the Gaspar presidency. um, Five years, basically, without a trophy and just the team being in terminal decline. And a bit of further context, I was one of the few people who was actually naming Valverde as someone who I considered a good choice to be coach before he was hired while everyone was still sort of on the Sampaioli train and yet two years on I find myself in a position in which watching Barcelona is in spite of all the good that can come with it and the success frequently utterly joyless um sometimes even when winning uh which is something I never thought I'd say when I started out watching the club we had we They'd gone two seasons without a trophy. Atletico Madrid had won the last two leagues. Um, I say they'd gone two, two seasons without a trophy. They did win the, um, I believe, the Cup Winners' Cup the year before because Ronaldo was incredible for them. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a truly great time. So I I treated the cup because we won the double that year. Like the cup was a fantastic thing, even though the final was absolutely awful and went to um, penalties against Mallorca. So the cup was still a big thing. But since then, the Cup has sort of declined in value, the same as pretty much all the domestic Cups have across Europe. And it's something that we've just dominated for so long that when you add that to playing some absolutely risible football, um, the two atrocious Champions League finals, two, of, uh, two, two, atrocious, Champions League, two atrocious Champions League eliminations, um, and the way the board then came out and said, oh, no, Valverde absolutely our guy. And then the, the players came out and said, oh, no, Valverde absolutely our guy. I just thought, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm not watching this. I haven't watched any of the games since Anfield because we'd already won the title. Um, and I didn't bother to watch the cup final because, in all honesty, I didn't just want us to lose it. I wanted us to get absolutely hammered in it because I felt like that is the only thing that might possibly wake the board and these Overly comfortable players up, so yeah, I didn't watch it. I'm glad we lost. I just wish it had been heavier.
0: See, just whenever you're on about uh, the the cups and and sort of domestic com- competitions, I do I do agree that uh, to me, sort of the value in domestic cups nowadays is I don't really care unless it's like part of something bigger. You know, obviously with Barcelona, it could have been a domestic double, but we. we Barcelona, a domestic double's not really good enough, you know, it's, it seems that it's, it's the Champions League's all that matters, but, you know, obviously there, there's the fine line between, you know, supporting a team that, that wins or supporting a team that entertains, and I think part of the culture now is that, you know, teams, the, the very top teams, like we're seeing uh, Juventus obviously have lost, have Max Allegri's gone, and part of the reason seems to be that a lot of people are annoyed that he hasn't really brought in a, an identity, and the way Manchester City have the identity, Barcelona have the the identity. Um, do you think do you think that that's part of uh, sort of what what people are thinking now that, it, that there needs to be more than just winning?
1: Yeah, I do think there is, and especially with Barcelona. I mean, it's not so much what drove me away from the Cup Final in the last few Cup games because I think that a lot of it with Barcelona fans and especially Barcelona Twitter is often oh, we want to get back to the Guardiola days. And yes. I followed for a long time before Guardiola. So it's, that's not really an outright requirement for me. It doesn't have to be the greatest team of all time, which that team was. It doesn't have to be absolutely jaw-dropping, but I do want it to be entertaining. And at no point, even during the Gaspar era, have I been so utterly unentertained by barcelona's football even when we were i remember a game when i was in university because one of my my english teacher my english tutor um was a liverpool fan and we used to have a lot of banter back and forth and then one time we were at a night class that he cut short early specifically so we could both get back for the second half of liverpool versus barcelona in the champions league and we somewhat out of the blue pulled out a fantastic three one away win with Rochenbach scoring, an absolutely beautiful curler, for, completely out of character for a, a not very good midfielder. And then a great goal in which Shavi played overmars through, and overmars went straight around the goalkeeper, rolled it in, and the cop stood up and applauded him. Um, so even in that sort of dire, just attritional era, there was still entertaining football. And now the football is just terrible. So it's not so much that I expect it to be Guardiola-level brilliant like a lot of Barcelona fans do. I just want it to be good. And it's not. Valverde is somebody who's happy. Once it hits 2-0, it's like, that's it. We're just shutting up. And I can understand that if it's 2-0 against Real Madrid, maybe. But he'll do that 2-0 against Getafe. He'll do that 2-0 against Abar. Um, And he tried to do it 3-0 against Liverpool. And he tried to do it um, 4-1 against Roma. And he committed suicide. And in my opinion, it should have been the end of him as a Barcelona coach. And as I say, for all that I don't necessarily want it to be the best football in the world, I don't expect it to be garbage. And that's what we're getting dished up at the moment. So my enthusiasm has waned. And I'm hoping for changes over the summer in terms of playing staff and God help us, please. The coach.
0: Do you think part part of it as well? Obviously, there there seems to be a difference of attitude between Catalan Barcelona fans and these sort of international fans. Now, one thing that I might put that down to is the globalization. Obviously, certainly in the times now, I'm probably a you know, Barcelona fan. Some something similar to yourself. The reason I started in Barcelona was actually this the season Ronaldo, and just watching very small snippets. Now I, did, I was. It was at that stage. It was more or less a case of you know, looking up the results in teletext at the time, or um, reading a wee bit in World Soccer or the likes of Transworld Sport, Football Monday. Nowadays, every every match is is shown, and as that as that's happened, maybe a lot of people have started to get in to the club and started to follow the club in more recent times. Whereas the Catalan fans, obviously, you've seen that they, they were more supportive of uh, Barca. They didn't one at the time. Uh, they were looking to try and try and get rid of the board and stuff that they've voted these guys in, and they don't seem to have the same attitude. Do you think that there's something that like they maybe remember the bad times, and they're maybe not just as not just as as uh, as annoyed as like obviously some of the more reactionary people on like as you say that like, Twitter, that sometimes like any wee thing and they're they are off like you know they don't remember the the days. you say like F- Fabio Ratchemback? You know that's a. That name takes me back. And obviously the club at that time, there was obviously you had the Cruyff era and then there was a time between Cruyff leaving and Guardiola where it wasn't good. You know, And obviously this new generation don't remember that. They don't know that.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say it's definitely a factor. I think that with the Catalan's um, Spanish league dominance is quite important. And I'd say say I fall kind of, between the Barca Twitter idea of Guardiola and yada yada that needs to be our standard etc which I think is unrealistic and the Catalan position which is um success is success so let's always strive to be successful I think it's perfectly understandable that they feel that way and I also think it's understandable that they don't want to be um reshaped according to these kind of international fans like us for that matter um even if we do class ourselves as sort of like the more neutral end of it we're still not catalans so it's understandable if they want to have their own culture and to take their own position on what constitutes success i think that you're definitely right that the the far end of barcelona twitter has a very different perspective on it from the catalans and ultimately that's tough for them because the catalans it's their club they should get to define it and the international fans are much more focused on the champions league which i i can appreciate because i do want to win the champions league absolutely but for me winning the league is always like the first step for me winning the champions league and not winning the league if that would be a real pyrrhic victory i'd be like yay great we're real madrid now because that's what they've built their brand upon, winning the Champions League and coming third in the league. To me, that's not acceptable. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh, just whenever you're saying it, obviously about the, the Champions League, I, f- I find a part of the, the Champions League nowadays, the sort of elite club, the top-level clubs, the ones that have all the money, I think there's there's genuinely not that much between them all. And then I think the bit that wins the champions like the things that get you over the line are whoever has the best cultures or whoever can do the bit they motivate their players to the best degree or whatever which obviously brings me n- nicely on to Valverde uh, again and the fact obviously Portimo seems to be of the impression that obviously <laughs> he said that he's going to stay but do you think that the, the defeat in the Copa del Rey final might cause a rethink or do you think there they can be there can be pressure put on that maybe he will go this summer?
1: Um, I'm really not sure, to be honest with you. I hope, I hope that some kind of pressure can be brought to bear, which was, I felt that it really needed to be a crushing defeat yesterday. I felt that when Messi scored, I was, uh 'cause because I saw it on, oh, even though I wasn't watching the game, I did see on Twitter that we'd scored because I was keeping up to date with it. And obviously I read that he made the tactical change and brought on Malcolm and that opened up some more space, which is, doubly frustrating for me because that's what I wanted to do at bloody Anfield and in the cup final and pretty much every other time. But I, I feel it's possible that he could be forced out, but it's, I think it's got to come from Catalonia and I'm not sure that the will's there. Um, it's, it just feels to me like this board is so sort of detached and unchallenged that they can kind of get away with this decision-making um, because locally there isn't that kind of pressure from what I can see, which is it's understandable, but Christ, if I was paying that kind of money to go and see them every single week in the stadium, I'd want to be seeing more than that for my money.
0: So uh, theoretically then, if, if something did happen, and personally I, I'm in the same boat as yourself, I would like, I would, I think it is time for, for something else away from Valverde. Who do you think or who would you like to see come in?
1: My, my ideal is a bit left field. Um, I've mentioned it to a few people on Barca Twitter. Um, the guy who I would really like to see come in is Pochettino. Yeah. Um, just because I remember the times in which he was Espanol coach. And also, I should mention as well, I'm a Southampton fan. So I've had experience of having a club managed by him, and I know very much from watching week in, week out, how he operates with the kind of football that he plays, the sort of aggressive press that he uses, but also the way he brings through young players. I think he would be perfect at Barcelona. His only downside is, obviously, he's an ex espanyol legend who flirted very openly with Real Madrid for their job, but then they subsequently turned him down. So I think that if we were trying to sell the idea to him, it's like, hey, they mucked you about, come on, come come to the dark side and give them one right up the behind. Uh, And I think that that could potentially motivate him in this situation. I just think that stylistically speaking and with his record on youth players, when you look at the young players that he brought through at Southampton and Spurs, he's done a fantastic job with those players. And he's made some of them absolutely top-class talents. And I think you give him the likes of Alenia and Ricky Pooge, and Oriol Busquets, you could really see them kick on. And even like signings like De Jong and potentially De Ligt, there could be a real turnaround with him that we might not see with other coaches. All the other coaches have potential drawbacks to them, whether it's linguistically or stylistically. He's the man who I feel, aside from his past affiliation with Espanyol and his links to Real Madrid, would be the ideal choice and wouldn't have any real holes in it
0: i do i personally think pochettino i think he's a very very good manager i, I genuinely thought he was made for manchester united i thought that he should have probably got that job obviously Solskjaer come in and done well which made it difficult for uh, for united to go another way the thing is with pochettino he, he has publicly said a few times that he, he wouldn't go to barcelona because of the espanol links but do you do you think that if, if Barcelona come in, obviously there's probably more money in it for him, and you know, like as much as as much maybe as he, he still you know is an affiliation with Espanyol, surely surely Barcelona coming in would would be enough to make him want to come. Or do you think he genuinely would stick to his guns and and say that he doesn't he doesn't want to go there again?
1: I think if we were in the like. If it was about a year to 18 months ago, before he was basically blown out by Real Madrid to bring back Zidane, um, I think it's... And also to, like, have Solari take over for a while as well. I think that before all that, he would probably have stuck to his guns. But I think now, after that sort of door has been not just closed, but effectively slammed in his face, and then they've sort of spat at him out the window, there's, yeah. more, of a, there's more of an option there in which he can go for it. And I think uh as you say he would have been ideal for manchester united and they blew it by not going for him um I think we need to capitalise on it I think even even if he does say no I think the offer should be made
0: what um what do you do you think there's a, a big uh, there's going to be a big summer in terms of transfers or do you think you know maybe just one or two in or well obviously they've already Frankly de Jong's already Coming in, so like, what else do you see happening? Do you see many many leaving, or do you see many coming in? I th-
1: I think it will be a fairly big summer. I mean, I th- I think Coutinho's dead in the water. Um, I think we'll take a big loss on him again. Frustrating because I never wanted to sign him in the first place. Um, I think the outcome has been fairly predictable for anyone who's actually watched him for a sustained period. Um, I think he's done. I think Rakitic is probably done. I've been a big fan of him. Over the years for Barcelona, when he was at Sevilla as well, and before even that, um, when he was in the Bundesliga, I saw a bit of him and really liked him. But he's gone off the boil a bit now in the last season. Not as much as Barca Twitter would have you believe, because there's a lot of morons on there who have a a fanatical agenda against him in which they will not ever recognize anything that he does well, which is a lot of stuff. Um, But I think he's gone... He should probably have gone last summer when he was worth about 90 million after the World Cup. But I think we can still get about 40 for him now. And I think we should take that because of his age, waning talent and a big wage. bill. I think he's on something ridiculous like about 140,000 a week. I think we should get that back into the budget and use that to go towards other players like Delict. But yeah, I think that a few players should go. Um, Rakitic, Coutinho. I think that... If we can somehow get someone to take him, Rafinha should go because it was it's been a waste of time keeping him for about four seasons now. And I personally, I, you you will predict this. Anyone who's followed me predicted this. But for the love of God, we need to get rid of Suarez. Um, and a few others. But yeah, I think that some big moves need to be made. There's question marks over from TT because of his knee. If his knee is secure, then I would 100% keep him, but that's a big question mark. Um, I've got more doubts about Longley than most people do, even though I think he's done very well this season. I have a suspicion that he might be playing above his level, and I'm not sure that he's entirely suited to the way a future Barcelona should play, in that he's a reactive defender rather than a proactive defender. And I think Umtiti's more of, a, a proactive defender so if his knee can be recovered if I had absolute confidence in his knee to recover I would say cash in on Longley while he's like high value but I don't think that's going to be the case so I think Longley should really stay but De Ligt has to come in for me and we need a striker and we probably need a left back as well as um, De Jong and Delict. I think that definitely um,
0: De Ligt to me he just looks he seems like to me as if he's a like generational talent. he's so young he's, he's so mature he's seen the videos of him talking he's already captain in ajax he's captain them to the, the semi finals of the champions league he just he just looks like one of them players that only comes about everywhere and, and you know he's going to go somewhere this summer and to me i think Barcelona need to need to get need to get him um whenever you we were talking as well you were talking about um to me, there's been there's been a massive drop off in his performance this season. Now, I don't know whether it's because of the injuries and because he's never really got a run. He's any time he's come into the team, he's kind of he's kind of come in, play played a game, and he's maybe just not been getting up the match speed. Obviously, you know, consistency, playing, getting match fit. He just looks like he's off the pace all the time. But you know, I would definitely be quite content to give him at least another another season or so to see if he can obviously get the. Uh, with Rony games, if he can get back to the form, because like this time last last year, and even like he went to the went to the World Cup, and you know everybody talked about Fran, but he was e- he was equally good. um Rakitic, I've been a big Rakitic fan for a long time. I, I love I, lo- I love I love Rakitic. Part of me even thinks that he, at Barcelona, he's maybe even played a bit within himself. At Sevilla, there was um like he scored a lot more goals at Sevilla, but obviously, whenever you're at Barcelona. The Barcelona midfield—it's not really a midfield that, that tends to go in front of the forwards a lot. There's not really that sort of overlap, so he's often, you know, playing playing in deeper roles and stuff. And but I, you know, ever he does it, I, still I still love the guy. And it always gets to me where, so Twitter seem to have more love for Modric than they do for Rakitic, and I never understand that. But um, obviously, so Dozong's in. Um, the like, have you any any names in mind that you would? You would go for it, striker or left back.
1: I mean, I would definitely go for, even though he's not the de- the best defensive option. I would definitely go for Grimaldo at left back, just because. I mean, the other big candidate is Mendy, but I think he's pretty much set on Real Madrid now. I'm not even it's, there were rumours that it had already been sealed, but I don't remember clearly. I just think that Grimaldo. He has the education. He would slot straight in. We never should have let him go. That was a huge mistake um, based upon ego clashes between him and Luis Enrique. But also he's very versatile as well. Even if Alba's like fit and flying, Grimaldo can slot in in, uh, left interior. He can also play left wing. He's just an all-round quality player who has the knowledge to fit into Barcelona's system. So I would go for him The striker situation is complicated because we were dead set on Jovic at one stage, and then he was dead set on Real Madrid, and now that's fallen through. He does look like he would be a great guy to have. But personally, the person who I really want is uh, Joao Felix from Benfica, just because I think he can play all of the forward roles. And if you've got him, um, Messi, Dembele as a trio of options there, you can just have them alternate right the way through. But I would also add in a journeyman type striker, such as um, Stuani, or if we were looking to spend, uh, to go for someone like Ben Yedder, um, just so we have a sort of classic nine option there as well. Yeah, those would be who I would go for. I would, if you're looking at like a cost-effective option, I would go for Grimaldo, João Felix, Stuani, because I think you could, Girona relegated. I think you could get Stuani very cheap, especially at his age.
0: yep What uh What's your thoughts on Griezmann? Obviously, he's said that he's going to going to leave Athletic Madrid. Um. Everyone kind of thought that it was Barcelona. Do, do you think he is going to go to Barcelona, or do you think there's somewhere else in plan in line for him?
1: i think i think that was the plan and i think that that was actually the board's plan as well but i'm not sure the plans as solid as it once was um because i think there was a fair bit of backlash to him he's not popular at camp new just because obviously the way that bloody documentary Mm. and the fact that he is genuinely just kind of a prick he's very easy to dislike i think he's a phenomenal talent but he is such It's he's almost it's in a way he's kind of like Neymar level knobbishness, but without being as amazing as Neymar is. And Mm. I just I, I don't utterly hate him as a signing. I think he would be if you can't get one of the other options like Joao Felix, like Jovic, I think he's a good man to pick up. But he's 29 years old. He's got no resale value once this contract starts to get a few years in. And his wages are going to be catastrophically high. So, if there are other options like Jovic or Joao Felix available to get, I would go for them instead. But again, I wouldn't cry if we wound up with Griezmann.
0: I think part part of my concern over Griezmann is he basically plays the same position as Messi, and that he's he probably does his best work off a striker. And you that's kind of where you want you want Messi to be in. Well, what would you think about if they maybe tried the the gate crash hazards move to Real Madrid?
1: I mean, if I, if I go back to the thing about the um, him basically playing the same position as Messi for a second, that is mm-hmm. true, but then it's something that I was saying when we were also acquiring Neymar and Suarez as well, because effectively we round up with a trio of players whose best position is all number 10. Now, mm-hmm. Neymar did ultimately adapt brilliantly to playing left wing and cutting inside, so that turned out to be fine. But Suarez's best position is still number 10. And he basically plays like one. If you look at the positions that he takes up, he's almost invariably on the edge of the box rather than being that man on the penalty spot or that man making the run to the near post for a cross. He's always waiting for like a relatively deep cutback. And I think that's part of why he's hampered us for a few seasons now. Um, So yeah, I don't think that's as much of an impediment to Griezmann. If he can adapt simply because he has more pace than Suarez and it's pace that we really, really have lacked. Um, but as far as the Hazard move goes, I would be in favor of that. And it does look like it seems to be, even though I think Hazard's attitude is problematic, he's a huge talent and it could be mutually beneficial in that apparently Chelsea, for some absolutely insane, God only knows why reason, want Coutinho. So if we can find a way to ship out our problem and sign a world class player at the same time who fits the position better, I would be in favour of that if it can be worked.
0: Yeah, you know, certainly. You know, you could end up Hazard in the left and Belly in the right and Messi then either pro- probably you would have Messi up front or sort of back into the, the sort of fo- false nine era. But um, I think I think there's definitely there's definitely legs on that. You know, I think Hazard. Obviously, everybody thinks he's going to Real Madrid. But I would I would like to see Barcelona, but then you're 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 looking as well as the Barcelona board. You know, do, do we trust them to, to be thinking clever like that? Um, which I think could be could be the biggest problem. Um what about uh what about Madrid next season? Do you think they're gonna be going to be a bigger rival? Obviously it looks like they're gonna spend a lot of money. Do you think there's gonna be a real challenge come from there next season?
1: That could go either way, to be honest. I mean, I, at the beginning of the season on a podcast that I used to do with a few guys from Barca Twitter, at the beginning of the season, I got laughed at because I predicted that Real Madrid could finish outside the Champions League places. And while that didn't actually happen, if you look at the way the league turned out, if Sevilla, Betis and and Valencia and the teams that were predicted to do well, Early on that season had actually lived up to their billing, especially Severe. That could have actually happened. Um, they declined that badly. And. I, they are going to sign, but I'm not sure they're solving all of the problems that they have. If they if they get the right striker, they can become a threat. But it seems like they're doing a lot of similar things to what we're doing. I mean, I believe they've just renewed Tony Cruz and. A lot of the problem that they have is similar to what we were having a couple of seasons ago, which was the waning of the central midfield. Um, Like having a great central midfielder and not knowing when to let go of one or two of the stars. I think they might be going through that phase right now, but without having a Messi there to sort of cover over the cracks. Um, So, yeah, it could go either way. If they make the right signings, they could become a challenger again. But in all honesty... I expect us to win the league again next season. I don't even think it will be especially hard. I, Zidane's not a good league manager overall. I wouldn't say he did win it once, but I don't think he's really shown himself to be a great league manager.
0: Just, just finally before we go, um, obviously, Real. Even the, you know they've been third the last two seasons. Athletic Madrid's been the closest challengers, albeit they haven't been that close as such. But they are losing a lot of players this summer. Do you think they have a, a chance to, to keep that second spot, or do you think they are possibly going to get end up next season closer to fourth than than second?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to drop off. Um, I'd, I, it's hard to write off a coach like Simeone because he's, he does brilliantly with players who shouldn't necessarily be as outstanding as they turn out to be he he's a player who tends to make players play above themselves but when you're losing the likes of Godin and Griezmann those are big holes to fill and it's a big ask to um, replace those kinds of players I'm not sure he's he's done it very well for years but I'm not sure if it's a trick that can continually be repeated I think that, it's, uh, that might be me speaking as a Southampton fan there where we were able for a few seasons to just keep bringing in players who would fill the gap and improve the team uh, based, um, even ahead of the players who we'd sold. But it's a trick that you can only um, repeat so often and I'm not sure he's got that in him yet. I have a feeling that this is going to be his last season at Atletico Madrid and then he'll wind up at somewhere like Inter Milan maybe, depending on how I think Conte's just gone across there. So, depending on how he gets on or he might wind up um taking over the Argentina job, but I don't think he'll be there past next season
0: okay um well i think we'll we'll wrap it up there, but uh I get the feeling that this summer there's there's going to be some stories there's going to be plenty to talk about, so hopefully um if you're if you're up for it, I would love to get you on again um but uh for now, I'd just like to say thanks very much for coming on and uh appreciate you taking the time to, to talk about Barcelona and especially telling us the, the story about your frustration at the, at the cup final. Okay?
1: Definitely. Thanks for having me, Gerry.
0: Thanks. That was Darrell, also known as Lord Moloch, who gave us his insight into recent events at Barcelona. That's all for this episode, but there will be more content later in the week. So until then, thanks for listening.